The red jersey is, is symbolic of the club in the sense that that's the strip we've always had. That's the one we chose over a hundred years ago. Well, the kits in my day were mainly all cotton. It was the devil getting them off after some games. Football Kit Podcast, and we welcome you to episode 23. I'm Les of Hull City Kits. I'm Dennis of Museum of Jerseys. And I'm Gav, also known as the Kit Geek. Together we combine like the Power Rangers to create a kit megazord, but with less flamboyant gestures and more use of the word sublimation. We don't just rely on our own kit knowledge and opinion, however, and joining us for the first time is content creator, presenter and now kit designer, Phil Delves. Welcome, Phil. Hi guys, it's a real pleasure. Uh, to be joining me. Excellent. Great to have you here, Phil. Anyone who regularly spends time consuming hit content would know who you are. But if by any chance someone has been living under a rock for a decade and came out from under that rock and the first thing they decided to do was download this podcast, how would you describe your kit relevant activities? Well, I guess I'm one of a number of people who basically loved football shirts so much that I have sort of shoehorned my way into a career of sorts talking about football shirts in different ways and and I kind of came into this whole world initially from a kind of marketing background and I was sort of starting to write about kits but really it all sort of snowballed when I was on Twitter a lot and I'm sure many of, of our listeners um I was just really enjoying the community that was on there particularly and from that, I've had some really, really amazing opportunities to work with different people, particularly with Hummel. So I've, I've done a bunch of work with them and I'm still working with them in different capacities. And I'm now working freelance for myself. Um, it's a split between a number of things. It's it's writing, it's social media. And I'm, I'm in the very, very early stages of trying to basically design kits. But that that's a, a longer term project, if you like. But uh, I just love all shirts. Yeah, and basically had to find some way to to have a career in that area. That's great stuff. In this episode, we're going to go truffling through the dirt of the 2000s, seemingly a lost decade for kids, certainly in contrast to the 80s and 90s where you couldn't move for classic kids. Yeah, with the 2000s, once you consider the first round of Kappa Combat kits at the start of the decade and the Taylor by Umbra range that ended the 2000s, it's easy to believe that there's a massive donut hole in between that's considered unremarkable or crap. But today we'll see if we can show that's not the reality and identify some gems. Like Lieutenant Worf in Star Trek, we're on a quest for redemption and restored honour. Each of us then will nominate three kits from the 2000s and then we'll take a vote on which one kit from each person's trio gets the official stamp of 2000's kit redemption. 
if a nomination is duplicated, that kit automatically qualifies and a nominator can put forward an additional kit for consideration. At the end, we'll have at least four redeemed kits, but we could have more if several people like the same kit enough to name it. So let's begin 2000's A Kit Odyssey. As our guest, Phil, you get to make the first nomination. What kit are you offering for redemption? Okay, for my first uh, offering, I'm going to go to France and I'm actually going to go to an Umbro kit, which was from the period immediately before the Tailored by Umbro era. And I think this was a really, really good time for Umbro. Many people will remember uh, some of the England kits that were in this period. So the particular year I'm zooming in on is 2008, so last part of the decade. And I really like Leon's third shirt. Now it's the bright, uh, luminous yellow third shirt, which was worn a lot in, in the Champions League. And it's got a really nice kind of collection of features. But I think just Umbro were really good at this time, I think, in terms of like the panelling is really nice and there's a really nice kind of asymmetry to this one. So you've got the kind of classic stripe for Leon, which is the, the red and blue, which is an interesting combo with the, with the luminous yellow, but I quite like it. And I really like how the badge is neatly kind of cut out as well. But there's more, I think, like if you kind of fit the shirt on the back, again, there's a kind of nice little cutouts of colour with the red and blue, very subtle kind of solid diamonds on the sleeves. I, I like when Umbro do that. So not just their usual logo, but that's, you know, a little thing that they do a lot. But I just think, again, there was a number of Umbro shirts I could have chosen from this time, but I do really like that one. And I have a lot of memories of, you know, like that Leon team in the noughties that were quite exciting, quite good. Yeah, so not one for the faint-hearted, you know, going with the, with the third shirt. Probably could have played it safe and gone with the home or the away. Yeah, so the 2008, I think it's the third shirt, the Leon third shirt. I think that's the, which what is categorised. It might be a European shirt or whatever. Yeah. Good stuff. Phil, just for the listeners, we'll each pick our shirts first before we discuss them. So, Gav, how about you go next? Thank you. So I'm going to the early part of 2000s and the 2001-2002 season and to Middlesbrough. So this is an area shirt. It's very similar in design to what they've actually got this season. So they've got the, the classic band, but it's just the outline of the band. So two thin white stripes with a nice, it's BT Cellnet sponsor in the middle. So the sponsor kind of works. It's got a really simple, nice round neck collar think England 2000 kit is very similar color to that it's just a very classical look for Middlesbrough but something a little bit kind of different from their normal traditional white band and I wanted to look for brands that weren't kind of the, the normal type that we'd see so I think this one for me is my first choice you know it's had a little bit of success or a decent team at the time, the likes of Paul Ince playing for them. So quite memorable, I think, in terms of uh, of the kit. But, yeah, that's my first choice. Yeah, Dean Windus, too. Ah, there you go. Dennis, you? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Middlesbrough and Area because I, w- I was looking at their ones because they had and have, again, a lot of nice, solid designs, shall we say. The one I was looking at was the 0506 home, which was kind of asymmetrical, but I decided against it in the end. My first choice would be from the very end of the decade, 2009-10, the Liverpool third shirt, which I think was the European away, which was, you know, to look at it, it is fairly minimalistic, I suppose, just a white shirt with red stripes, very tiny bit of black trim, 
white or black shorts, depending, and then white and red socks. So it's a classic Liverpool change kit colours. It's a similar design to the Bayern Munich and Chelsea home shirts of that season, but it doesn't have what I might uh, fairly chauvinistically refer to as the the bra uh, up up at the, the upper chest area. And I feel that it it's better for that. And it it wasn't worn much, so it's almost overlooked. I remember writing a piece about it on my website a couple of years ago, and it got a good response along those lines, That a, a good kit that people had forgotten. And, you know, I, I think it definitely fits the bill of what we're looking for of underrated shirts from the, the 2000s, because, as we know, there were a lot of good shirts that are certainly rated, but we're, we're trying to to find the ones that maybe deserve reconsideration. And Les? I've given myself some additional rules beyond no cap of combat and tailored by Umbro because I didn't want to focus on the ubiquitous Nike and Adidas templates. Um, we've we've done a couple of template episodes where we've talked about those in depth, so I just sort of think we've done those. I want to talk about something else. And I wanted to boil it down to what, in my mind anyway, summed up kits in the 2000s. So looking beyond T90 and Team Geist. And I also made a decision to ignore kits that were essentially recreations of past kits because initially I'd, I'd written down the, the Manchester City maroon kit with the chalk stripes, but then it's essentially a contemporization of the 1956 cut kit. And if you're looking for 2000s aesthetic, that felt a little bit cheaty. So, and and you, you knew had loads like it. So we had like the Nike kit, which was a riff on the Umbro gray and black hoops. So I've stayed clear of those. Enough caveats. I'm going with the 2004 to 2006 Norwich Away kit by Zara and sponsored by Lotus. Now, it has a lot of things you'd expect on a mid-2000s kit. It's got an unorthodox collar that's surprisingly hard to describe in simple terms. You can't describe it in three words. You can't just say V-neck collar, crew-neck collar. It also has a needlessly complex construction with like panels added just for lols. It's essentially like a double for raglan because you think, oh, that top bit's a raglan. Oh no, it's not. It's like a saddle panel. And then there's another for raglan bit, but it, it goes down the body rather than goes to the armpit. And, and to me, lots of superfluous panels is a very, very mid 2000s thing. But I think it's the colour blocking that works here. And it can't be a coincidence that they used racing green on a on a shirt with Lotus sponsorship. And I think it was the second successive racing green kit with, with Lotus sponsorship on it. But green's a legitimate Norwich colour. They've got the right to play around with that on away kits as much as they like. And I just think this works really well. And this is my thinking of what I think of with the 2000s, right? Yeah, I know we can think of Team Geist and, and Total 90, but I tend to think of the smaller brands that were going mental with cut lines and panels and, and perhaps taking a more technological approach than aesthetic. Nice choice. So we've both gone with uh, kind of looking away from the main brands as well. So interesting that we've followed that line of thought. Yeah, and then I went for a little known uh, Bavarian firm. <laughs> so that's a choice of piece onto a second nomination phil yes so it's funny les after you mentioned about kits that are referencing old kits my second choice is that but it's a really creative take on an old kit and so this is a boca junior shirt this is the uh, 2006 away shirt 
And I'd recommend uh, looking for the long sleeve version, but it's a design which references their first kit, which was a white kit with, um, with dark pinstripes. But what I really like about this uh, take on that is that they've combined that aesthetic with the classic Pocket Junior's central band look. And there's like a negative space thing going on. So you've got the pinstripes, but they've chopped, chopped that off to give yourself that, that central band. And I think it's really cool to see that example of not just a straight remake of the old kit, but again, combining that, that kind of old look with what we kind of know and love about Pocket Juniors. And again, the long sleeve version is just great. Pinstripes going all the way down the sleeves. Um, yeah, so that, that one really stood out to me. And it's one which, this is funny because we're, we're obviously in, so this is what, 2006, we kind of, again, this is the Toyota 90 time or something, the kind of second wave of Toyota 90. Um, but this shirt doesn't really follow that, you know, that format. Um, uh, but it really is one which I like. And um, yeah, that's my second second offer. That, that must have been a nightmare for television broadcasters. That must have scrubbed <laughs> something rotten. Absolutely, yeah, it does look like it, doesn't it? Good stuff, Phil. Uh, Gav, you're up again. Cool. So, again, following uh, the kind of similar format to what Les mentioned, I've gone for a, a lesser brand. And I've actually gone for an international shirt this time. And so it is the Scotland 2003, 2000, sorry, 2002, 2003 own kit. The shirt is from Fila and it is a pinstripe shirt. I believe fairly unusual, maybe one of the only ones in the Scottish history. But for me, it kind of it's the around the collar that, that works. It's a real throwback to the 70s with the collar. It's a big flappy collar with a flappy V insert. Slightly baggier shirt than probably we saw with other brands at around the similar time. So probably still got a little bit of 90s design to it. But the look was fresh. The look was new and different from anything else kind of seen around that time, particularly in the international market where the, the nations were moving towards a more plainer design in, in a lot of cases so this was something different trying something new again a, a different brand which i wanted to think about um but something just something that stands out and it was one when we talked about this um, topic and, and what we thought it was the one shirt that popped into my mind straight away i was like i need to get this one in there it really kind of stood out for me straight away dennis what are you going with I'm once again uh, sticking with a mainstream brand, the 2005-06 Hamburg Away by Puma. I could I could have picked a few different ones um, from this season because Fulham and Stuttgart had the same design, and I could have even gone the previous season as well. I, I liked kind of what Puma were doing around this time. Well, I didn't actually like it hugely at the time. I like it more looking back now, and I think illustrating shirts and especially illustrating them front and back has helped to give me more of an appreciation for for these kind of ones um to look at you'd almost think that this style was like the 0102 papa combat uh it's very similar to the the roma ones because it has kind of an unusual stitching shape kind of is it a butternut squash or something it's almost shaped like uh like, like that around the lower neck um but uh what i like about this one is that it, it's it's um it's all black but then it has the blue stripes down one side and it has white reverse stitching which just give it a, a kind of a bit of a pop of color and I, I like the asymmetry doesn't look forced if that makes sense so it it's it's nice to have it there but 
it, it fits kind of naturally. Um, and that's why I went with that one. And Les, what have you gone with? Well, I'm going with the Puma kit too. So perhaps they summed up that period. I'm going with the, the Fulham home kit, 2003 to 2005. I think this is one similarly to you, Dennis, where perhaps I wasn't that keen on it, but I've come to appreciate it. I think in terms of 2000s kit bingo, this represents a full house because you've got a low-key, flimsy, almost inconsequential collar. That seemed to be a thing in the 2000s, where, where collars almost didn't exist. And on some kits, it was just like a thin piece of elastic. It had illogical cut lines that certainly served no practical purpose. And not just asymmetrical colour blocking, but asymmetrical construction as well, because it's set in sleeves on one side and then raglan on the other. I mean, this this is fever dream stuff. And it's even got like a dot-com sponsor, which marks the bursting of the dot-com bubble. So it, it really hits all of the marks for like uh, first few years of the 2000s, I think. And I don't think I should like it, but I do. And I just think it similar to the to the, the Puma handbag one sort of encapsulates that era for me. This is what I think of when I think of 2000s kits before I think of the better, well, the, the obvious ones. So that's six in the hat. We've got at least three more to go. Back to you, Phil. Good stuff. Really like those those two Puma shouts, uh, guys. I think those are really good, uh, really good shouts. <laughs> very, very emblematic of the year. Um, I'm going to go with my most kind of fun option here, and it's the FC Copenhagen 2007 um, special edition kit. Uh, I think it might have been a cup kit, but if you search for special shirt, special edition you will see it. This one, I actually first saw a classic football shirts exhibition a few years ago, and it stood out amongst the whole exhibition. There's two versions of this. There's a black base and a white base, but it's essentially UEFA's worst nightmare of a repeated uh, crest design in a shiny gold all over all over the shirt. And it's, it's pretty wild, but I just love the kind of execution of the idea here. The fact that you've got that FC Copenhagen logo again in the very shiny uh, material and it's just kind of funny like looking back over even recent years how popular black and gold has been as a motif and a theme but I think it's funny when you look back at in the noughties we see the genesis of a lot of things which have become popular and even things like kind of collaboration shirts so like the PSG Louis Vuitton inspired design that was close to being an entry for me but it didn't quite make it but again you know collaborations were sort of starting to form and again th this design to me wouldn't look out of place in the more modern era it certainly has that kind of slightly more kind of fashion feel but I, d I just love the the shiny gold and um yeah it's a pretty pretty crazy design but that's that's my shout the FC Copenhagen uh, 2007 special kit that could be worn by Kanye West at a Tyson Fury fight. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and send football kit Twitter into conniptions as they try to work out what shirt it was. <laughs> and I really hope my interest in the topic is conveyed by my tone there. <laughs> That's good stuff, Phil. Great to have three from you. Gav, complete your hat-trick. Will do. So I'm going with... The West Brom home shirt from 2005-2006. So this is a Diodora shirt and it is a classic looking West Brom kit. So I always associate West Brom with really thick stripes, almost just kind of 
bands than stripes, I'd say. So this has just got a one central navy stripe down the middle and then flanked either side with the two white stripes with large kind of stripes also in the arms. Again, it's got a flappy collar. There's a theme here with my uh, kits. But I just think it's just an all-round classical look. The way there's a kind of side stripe that forms down into the shorts to give just like a, a, a navy kind of silhouette to the shirt which i think really works well another thing i like about it is the sponsor for this shirt it was t-mobile which was a bright pink box it just kind of pops out quite nicely but again it's just something a little bit a little bit different but classical looking as well and just for me kind of a real of that early 2000s design kind of motif i think you know it's completely identifiable to west brom it's you know unmistakably their shirt one of the best ones that they've had, I think, probably in recent years as well. And I just I just think it's a great shirt. and just wanted to call that one out. I loved it. That's Millwall supporter Gavin Hope there choosing <laughs> two navy and white shirts out of three. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. You've got me there, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Millwall, to my mind, are, always, are still royal blue anyway, because I'm just stuck in the early 90s. <laughs> Mick McCarthy's still captain, isn't he? Yeah, of course he is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Captain for life. That's it. My third one is the 2001-02 Celtic Away by Umbro. It is a white shirt with with very little else. Um, it it has a green stripe that starts on the collar and goes down the arm, and it has a tiny little bit of black trim. But I I like white shirts that have two two dark accent colours, and I just like the relative you know, straightforwardness of the design that still looks very smart, especially that, that kind of collar that, that Umbro used that season. It just has a, a small little wrap over section. Uh, Chelsea had the same for their home shirt uh, that season. And it, this one's kind of similar. And I remember actually buying the official Chelsea magazine at the time because there was a four page feature on the design of the new kit and you just didn't get anything, you know, in the normal media back then about kits. So I bought it for that. And it's funny how the designer from Umbro was going about how high tech it all was. And then in John Devlin's first book, he called the design workmanlike, which was far more accurate. And the Celtic one probably fits that bit as well. But it's just to, it's it's a very pleasant looking kit. It wasn't very functional because Hibernian are the only team that Celtic could wear it against. But still, uh, I'm willing to overlook that in this instance. All about the aesthetics. And finish us off, Les. Okay, well, it's funny you mentioned the no bra Liverpool kit because I'm going full playtex. I'm I'm going for the Chelsea 2009-2010 home, and this is another one that I was unsure of at the time, but I've I've become quite fond of it. And you think that Adidas released this at the same point Umbro were launching the tailored buy range. So, I mean, that was a bit of an APOC moment and it ushered in that age of pared down, less complex kit design. Perhaps with the exception of some of the stuff Reebok were doing for Bolton and Lons and then those odd Chinese kits Birmingham had. But other than that, the direction of travel after the tailored by Umbro was 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 a lot more classic. And so this was sort of the last of its genre, I suppose. And to me, it's as if... It's like the logical end of the earlier 2000s experimentation. Like somebody's taken the template of the Fulham shirt I mentioned earlier and put it through a kit version of ChatGPT. After maybe ShareGPT, I don't know. And I think this is what you get if you ask AI 
to make a football kit based on Robocop's armour. And yeah, not sure I liked it at the time, but I've I've come to to really enjoy it. Dennis, you're right, but earlier you mentioned about Bayern. Their version didn't have the lower seam, so it wasn't, yeah. wasn't, wasn't quite as cut and shut as the as the Chelsea one. But yeah, grown on me over time. I, I think I quite enjoy this now. And it felt very much like it was the last hurrah of that kind of kit before there was a massive, massive tonal shift in kits. Okay, so that's our 12 shirts. So 12 must become four. And now it's time to vote. If somehow there's a tie, the nominator will get to decide which shirt goes through. So let's go through Phil's choices first. What's your order, Dennis? It's interesting to note that we have 12 choices there with nine kit manufacturers represented. Adidas, Puma and Umbro with, with two each. Of Phil's ones, definitely shows a lot of research put in and a lot of thought put into it. I was actually unaware of that Boca one, but I fully agree with with what Phil said. So I have that number one. The Leon third, I'd have number two. A lovely, lovely design. And I did like that Umbro era, which is kind of forgotten now just because the tailor by Umbro came after that. I just wouldn't have a top because it's, it just looks like a tiny bit of a ripoff of the Barcelona away from a couple of seasons previously. And... In the bronze spot, I have the gold-covered Copenhagen shirt, which isn't my favourite shirt ever. Les, your order? I'm in violent agreement with the Leon choice. I think that's that's magnificent. Yeah, very much like that. Me too. I'd never heard of the Boca one. That had me scrambling for Google search very quickly, and I like it. I like it a lot. So I'm going with that second I like the concept of the Copenhagen more than I like the execution, so that that that's going third. Gav, how are you voting? So yeah, I'm going to Leon as well as my number one. It, much like Dennis, it reminded me of that Barcelona one, but I think a better executed version of it. So that um, straight away is my number one. I've gone with the Boca number two again. Not a shirt I've seen before, so yeah, I was having a look at that, and yeah, really nice. I'll have that number two, and then the Copenhagen number three. Yeah, a little bit too jazzy for my liking. What John Devlin would call Larry. I, uh, Even <laughs> challenging. Challenging, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Leon wins that with eight points. Boca gets five points. And Copenhagen get three points. How do you feel about that then, Phil? Yeah, that's that's really good. It's, it's always interesting, you know, hearing... Hearing a few different takes, but that that kind of played out how I might have expected. I think, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Good stuff, guys. Right, it's time to reduce Dennis's three to one. Phil, what order are you going with first? So the Hamburg shirt is going to be my pick of the bunch. I really like that that choice, and I think, it, like we were saying about Puma and that era, it really sums up that that time for me and it's tough between the Celtic and Liverpool I think I'd put Celtic second I really like the kind of understated look and just looking again it's one I don't remember much but seeing that collar I love how that the green goes onto the collar it's a really nice touch um and yeah that, that'll be my second choice Liverpool in a close uh close third but again like that's a great shout that kind of Adidas era in the late part of the decade really there's a lot of good choices that could have come from that so yeah Good, good choice as well. Gav? Yeah, this was a really tight one for me. So I went with Hamburg first. The reason I went with that first is the Fulham version was on my 
shortlist. So I feel like, okay, I'm glad that kind of look and that view, that template of shirt is there. So that's why I kind of put it in in number one. And actually, this is probably a better version than the Fulham one, um, better colour combo. Celtic second, I own this shirt. I still got it in my collection. So um, that's why it was kind of tight between that and the Hamburg because I do love that shirt, but that'd be second. And then the Liverpool third, uh, again, a shirt I've completely forgotten about. So good to revisit in the in this conversation. So all of us voted the same. So there's a not quite symmetry, but Hamburg nine points, Celtic six, Liverpool three. Fascinating. This, this podcast is, of course, uh, an example of uh, disparate opinions. And no group think whatsoever. <laughs> Hive mind. Yeah. But it just shows, you know, we are right. <laughs> and everyone else is wrong. Exactly. Definitively so. Definitively so. so Gab's choice is next, is it? It is, yeah. Phil, what uh, do you think of Gab's choice is? Yeah, so this is uh, another close set. I'm actually going to put Middlesbrough first. Again, it's not one I have strong memories of, but looking at it again, I think it's a really, it's a really nice, really timeless design. I think it, it definitely stands out amongst Bo's history, having a quick look. So yeah, that's my first choice. And then it was a, a toss-up between Scotland and West Brom. I've gone Scotland second. Um, really like that. Uh, like like Gav was saying, the 70s kind of style collar. But again... Uh, one of a number of good Scotland kits, I think, in the in the decades. So nice to get a Scotland one in there. Uh, and West Brom in the close third. Yeah, I would agree with Gav saying that it's one of their better home shirts. Again, looking at their recent history. Um, but yeah, so Borough, Scotland and West Brom. Good stuff, Phil. I I went with the West Brom one as the first choice. I, I'd agree with, with everything, basically, that, that Gav said about it. If I was being very picky, the Bonsers logo was pink, wasn't it? That maybe detracts from it slightly, but still, for purposes of this, I give it my top marking. And I'd have Middlesbrough second. Uh, again, nice the way that the band was represented, you know, with the outline. And it was just a nice, clean, tidy shirt. Scotland, I have in my third place. I don't dislike it as a design or as a shirt, maybe for, for the traditionalists. Scotland in white socks is a bit unusual. But why I just have a third is because it looks like a retro design or it looks like it's based on an old one with the collar, but I, it doesn't actually nod to one of that makes sense. Like, I don't think they had pinstripes at any stage in the 1970s. So it's it's what they call in, in America, um, in American sport design circles, a, a fallback in that it looks like it's it's old or it looks like it's referencing something that went before that wasn't actually there. My man tells me that Scotland have played in pinstripes, but I think it's because seemingly all their opponents in, at the 1982 World Cup played in pinstripes, and I've I've just moved it over. I've gone with the Scotland choice as top, and I've gone with West Brom second and Middlesbrough. So if my maths are right, that means there's an absolute tie, which means six it's a choice. So Gav, which one do you want to put through? Oh, I knew this was going to happen. Okay, so I, I will put Scotland shirt through because one, it gives us an international shirt, so it's something a little bit different. But yeah, I think for me, that was one of the you know standout ones when I originally wrote this list. So I'll go Scotland, please. Indeed. Scotland is the winner. Last round. Gav? 
So lastly, Les, let's chop your choices down to one. Phil, what have you got for Les? So I've got uh, Norwich in first place. Love that shout. I really like it when Norwich go for the kind of two-tone green or the green sort of away shirts. But that, that um, again, that Les was mentioned about the collar and the unusual panelling. Really like that. Um, it's kind of, it was a fun time for shirts, I think, in that regard. Closely followed by Fulham. Uh, again, for similar reasons to the kind of Hamburg shirt, um, really kind of peak mid noughties really good shout. Uh, and Chelsea uh, in third. Very good. Dennis? I have the Fulham one top. Like like Les said, it, it, it really is, you know, it screams early 2000s. But I, as well as that, the short sort of diagonal stripe going across, which kind of tied in the shirt and just you know fit into the overall unusual nature of the kit but unusual without being ugly uh so i've that top i have norwich second again i like i like when the teams change kit is their bright two primary colors reversed uh i liked how this was again you know exactly what era it's from but it still stands out as being kind of original and then Chelsea, for reasons outlined earlier, I haven't heard this. So, Gav, up to you to break the tie here. Yeah, so I've gone Norwich first. Um, I think this is a great shirt. I think this is exactly what this discussion is, this shirt. It's, you know, something completely different, but something you know what club it is. Like you said, Dennis, using the kind of the colours of the club as part of the awake is something that we like and we've talked about before. So all for that. So that's my number one choice. I've gone Fulham second. Again, there was, I quite like the kind of asymmetric look of this and um, very much of its time as well. So I quite like that one. And then Chelsea in third place for me. Which is something that we will not be able to say about the Premier League this season. (laughs) We have a final four. So we've got the Leon 2008 third, the Hamburg 2005-06 away, Scotland 2003 Fila primary with pinstripes, and Norwich's racing green away. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a, a nice spread there across the decade. Excellent job, gents. Excellent so, job. That period where they were putting what would normally be internal stitching on the outside and the sort of said it was to to reduce irritation. To me, that goes hand in hand with, if you look at all football stadiums built in the same time in the early 2000s, they've all gone for that exposed steel roof truss framework. And I think this is the kit equivalent of that architecture trend, the inside out stitches. That's all I've got to say about that. (laughs) I like like it. That's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's good that period has something that you can kind of look at it and say, oh yeah, that's from that, you know, like it, it just kind of shows the way design was going at the time. And uh, yeah, I think that those four officially redeemed as part of 2000's A Kid Odyssey and uh, happy to 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 fight, fight their corner. And we also, through... Um, through the comments open to the floor on the at football kit pod account on Twitter and Rab or RJ Gemmel five. He notes a beauty from 2008 and with images of the 0809 Marseille away, which had a tonal argyle pattern 
on a light blue shirt with navy raglan sleeves. And uh, I'd uh, agree with him. A very nice choice. Stuart Manning adds, I think 2008 saw a massive increase in quality team Geist. Produced some nice ones, but mixed. Added, uh, but was mixed. Team Geist, oh, he goes on to say, added that's across the board, produced some lovely ones in 08. Nike as well were pretty much post T90 for my money. So, again, looking at the late stuff, I think, you know, the Team Geist ones, where well, we talked about that earlier, um, and the T90, we kind of lumped in that. Yep, we know that's a popular shirt. This is not what we wanted to discuss in this. We were looking at some of the kind of underrated and underappreciated shirts. But Stuart makes a very good point. He does post some images of some interesting ones, though. So he had an image of the, the Liverpool one that had the checkers on the inside of the neck. There was the, the Dutch shirt that had the flag on one neck panel. Was that 2008? And he also posted the 2008-09 Milan shirt. Beckham wear that one. I know he wore the later one with the with the white collar. Yeah, he would have, would have been around that time. So, yeah. Spot the person that's just watched the Beckham documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Football shirt creations and restorations is or are enamoured by the dual layered Nike shirts of 2002, citing the massive colour look of Belgium and Korea. He also praises the deep red away of England from 2002 and also the Lecoq Sportif Manchester City away which had a red and black sash. Uh, Kit Fanatic joins the cool motion loving. He says before the time such a jump in technology and material engineering and full on in colour. They even look futuristic now. 20 years on it's as if this is what kits should actually look like in the year 2044. I think Biff Tannen might have won one in Back to the Future too. That's a lie. Yeah. Somewhere you can hear Craig Bugless furiously. Cool motion is a two-layer concept. It has an outer membrane and an inner layer which is dry fit. And the idea is to allow air to go through the bottom and it exits around the neckline. Ray Highland believes the Liverpool 04 to 06 home shirt is underrated, but he would like a bigger crest. It's funny. It, it it was worn the Champions League final win, but I don't even feel it has iconic status, if that makes sense. I don't know, I found it a bit, I found the neck a bit strange on it and just the white, it's kind of very discreet white panels under the arms and then nowhere else. Um, but again, it, 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 uh, it challenged your traditional sensibilities. Rulang simply post an image of the 07 to 09 Diodora Scotland away white with the sky blue saltar in the chest. So maybe thinking on the same lines as you, Gav, with, although, sorry, Dad, Fila and the one you chose. Meanwhile, Kane UTV offers up the 2002 and 04 England primary shirts, being a Villa fan as the striped shirt worn in the 2000 FA Cup final, which, although released in 1999, just about qualifies. Yeah, I think we'll give him that. Critically acclaimed author and friend of the podcast, Alex Island, suggests Cameroon's 2002 vest and the red current Arsenal home shirt, then reverts to type with the Dortmund Centenary home and the Manchester United 2007-2009 home kit. Chris Matic, on the other hand, prefers the predecessor, the white V-neck Man United 2006-2007 home, while the shirt union present the Busby Babes throwback. And as a one-off, that probably is the best shirt of, of that decade. But I think as a one-off, we probably can't count that. Well, it's not underrated. <laughs> Very true. And it would break Les's rule of going for uh, throwbacks. 
Just mine. But yeah, not everyone. Superb kit. El Rey Apache from Mexico is all about the templates from Big Polyester. He says Total 90, Team Geist, and all of the African shirts that Puma made for 2006. Austin Lee offers two templates, Puma's 2008-09 with simple v-necks and raglan sleeves. And he provided images of the Club Rouge and Young Boys examples. And he also throws in the Adidas gold pair design, notably the Sanity and Home and Benfica and Ajax aways. Simon Trainer gives us the opening Bayern home kit of the decade, which was released in 1999. But again, it, it would qualify. Again, a lovely shirt, but I think it's well regarded uh, as such. It, it would probably be a lot of people's favourite Bayern home. Transfer to Magazine offers us the Bonzi Away shirt from 2007-2008 by Surridge. Another smaller brand, so yeah, why not? Let's have that one. Utterly loved the hipster nicheness of that one. <laughs> it's wonderful. And with a shocking yet impressive lack of humility, Rob Warner of Spark Design Academy and YouTube's The Kit Breakdown nominates one of his own designs. But he is right because the 2006 Italy Away by Puma looked lovely and it was a bit of a shame it didn't get used uh, during Italy's campaign in Germany. So that's great, Les. Thanks for that. And thank you, the listeners, for all your input. Phil, when you're not ranking kits with us, how can listeners interact with you? Probably the best way is through Twitter and just my name, Phil Dale. You can find me there. I've got a a small YouTube channel as well called Phil's Corner, which is just all about football shirts. But um, yeah, I always love to to chat with people. So do, um, yeah, do uh, interact with me on that, on there. And um, yeah, I mean, if if you're into shirts, we've probably spoken at some point already <laughs> but yeah oh, well we'll let you go though phil you, you need to tell us more about this steep learning curve of becoming a kit designer yeah i mean it's it's been something i kind of stumbled into um and i think like a lot of people you know i've always had an interest from the design side and, you know kind of scribbled in, in notebooks and things but um it kind of picked up pace when i um recently kind of started entering a couple of these open competitions that that clubs have and you know it's one of those things where I sort of just entered on a whim uh, pretty much but the one which which I actually won which was amazing was the uh, the Red Star FC 125th anniversary competition and um, yeah it was it was a a whirlwind really I I sort of entered and then I got to the top five and um, you know I, I very much milked my um my social media following to try and garner votes uh, in many ways but um, no it was it was great and I think that whole process was really cool and you know going to see the kit being worn um, by the team was a really special special occasion and I kind of thought at that point okay I, I w- I'd like I'd like this buzz a few more times um, but you know in, in all kind of seriousness it, it's going to be a again it's a long-term project so I'm very much still kind of learning uh, one of the really cool things I've been able to do is work with a small manufacturer based in Wales called Tour Sports. So I've been working with them a bit and I'm kind of thinking next few years, build up more understanding of some of the kind of industry tools and things like that. And who knows, I might I might sort of try and knock on a few brands doors. But at the end of the day, um, it's just been a fun avenue to explore. We'll see what happens. And has it made you kinder when you're reviewing kits generally? <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely the kind of thing where you know you 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 put something to paper or you know to to digital paper and then you realize the amount of things which you can't do (laughs) 
um, you know, be it technical limitations or obviously, you know, it's competition related stuff. Um, and yeah, like I, I sort of knew a lot of that stuff, but yeah, the more I kind of start to step into it, absolutely, you, you do realize, yeah, designers are kind of jumping through hoops, aren't they? But um, yeah. Good stuff, Bill. Long may I continue for you and thank you for abiding by the house rule of referring to Twitter rather than any other new names for that platform. We thank Bill for sharing his key insights and as always we thank you the listener for joining us. Don't feel compelled to like or subscribe and you really shouldn't tell anybody that you listen because we certainly are not consumed by our hits or our places on any rankings. We hope you personally will be back soon though and the Football Kit Podcast will return.